All right. Greetings, brothers and sisters. We praise the Lord for his absolute goodness and his righteousness, his worthiness. God is good all the time. I hope you're taking time to pay attention to all that God does for you. And I hope even more so that you're taking time to tell him thank you for those things. God is a good God and and none of us deserve his goodness and, and his mercy. So um, I hope that you're 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 very grateful every time you think about all that God has done for you um, and um, does for you um, and um, is going to do for you. I hope that it just fills your heart with so much gratitude. Um, and I pray that you're motivated when that gratitude hits you to just hit the ground running as far as giving God 100% of everything, the best of your service, the best of your praise, just, just, just total commitment because God really is worthy. Brothers and sisters, we are glad to, to be back once again. Um, this is the uh, lesson for um, November uh, 12th, 2023. Um, wonderful Sunday. Um, that the Lord is uh, blessing um, us to be able to partake in. And what better way than to start it out with the word of God, no matter where you are in the world, um, no matter when you listen to this, this word uh, is something that you ought to be able to use. Um, and I pray that you do use it and find many occasion to share it with others. Uh, these lessons are um, typically about um, an, an hour in length. Sometimes they go a little bit over that. And the purpose of it really is, is to give you something to kind of chew on throughout the week. Amen. The, it's certainly long enough for you to break it up into segments and listen to as much as you can, but then you're also able to listen to all, all of it if, if, if you so choose. Whichever way you, you do, I pray that you use it. Make sure you have your Bible handy and that you're following along. Make sure that you check everything. Don't just take what I'm telling you at face value. You need to check that against the word and make sure that I'm not giving you junk food, giving you good spiritual, uh, nutritional um, food that, um, that, um, that, that's, that's more than, than capable of sustaining you. Brothers and sisters, um, we are uh, back in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, last week, we did uh, verse number one. This It's actually part of a set of scriptures, one through seven. Uh, we did verse number uh, one on last week. We only got that far. Um, sometimes, you know, we have some good intentions to get a little further, but God does something different. And and hopefully you're enjoying the ride because I'm glad when God does just whatever it is that he's going to do. I, I'd rather sideline what I've intended to do in order to have what God wants to do that that's way better than anything else. So we did only make it through verse number one, um, and we're going to pick it back up and we'll see how far it is that we go um, talking about um, being strong in, uh, in grace. Amen. Being strong in grace. Um, wonderful, um, wonderful topic. Let's read our scripture so that we can see where this particular topic comes from. So second Timothy chapter two, verses one um, through seven says, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the thing that, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. 
no man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. May the Lord richly bless those who who read and um, hear his word. But may he bless even more those who take the next step and do the word that they have heard. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, last week we embarked on this uh, this. Uh, scriptural text journey, we pulled from this, the topic, uh, be strong in grace. And you can see, or should have been able to see that this topic really um, largely comes from verse number one, which says, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now here we have the apostle um, Paul. He is the writer um, or the author, God is the author. So just keep that in mind, but, uh, but he's chosen Paul and he's working through, he's communicating these words through, uh, through Paul. He's, ha he's having him record these words that would be, um, foundational for, for you and I, and for the church. And, and, and so Paul, as we talked a little bit about it, I believe that we did, if not, we, um, then we're, we're going to talk about it here. Paul is um, um, this particular book is considered one of the prison letters, okay? And the reason why is because this particular epistle was written by Paul when he was in prison, Roman prison, okay? Amen. So the writing of, of the book of 2 Timothy, all right, takes place while Paul is incarcerated. Amen. Amen. He, he's 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 locked up at this point. The other thing that we said is is that um, is that Paul would um, Paul had been locked up many of times. He, he he's for the cause of the Lord, for the cause of Christ. Uh, Paul has endured many different hardships, many different hardships. But when we reach the book of Timothy or the epistle of Timothy, we are winding down in the life of of Paul. It won't be that long before Paul gets uh, his reward before he's he's he he finishes truly finishes his his race. Um, the the emperor um, or the ruler at this time in Rome <clears throat> was a man by the name of Nero. And Nero was not in any way, any form or fashion, friendly at all to the Christian community. He didn't. He no. He was not a. He was. He was. He was not a um, a friend of Christians. If anything, he was an adversary and was responsible for many, many different um, tortures and executions of of um, of Christians at this time. Um, consequently. Paul ultimately would be executed by uh, Nero. Okay, he would um, he would find it, find himself beheaded. Um, at least history records that. Now the scripture doesn't record how you know how he was uh, how Paul was executed. That's the that's the general thought of that or, or whatnot. Um, um, and and you can hold on to that if you if you if if you like. It's not 
that terribly um, important. But what is important is the context of, of the writing of this second Timothy. Now, we, we, you, you'll take note that the book is called Timothy. So it is named after um, what many feel is, um, as felt um, um, who, uh, a man who was a protege, so to speak, uh, of Paul. And if nothing else, it is definitely for sure that that Timothy had a very special place in the life of Paul, in the heart of Paul. Many um, enduring words, uh, endearing words, rather, um, that Paul would use in Scripture when referring to 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 Timothy. He would be referred to as his beloved son. Okay, um, in in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, and that whole, that whole mindset speaks to the fact that Paul was very instrumental in guiding and teaching, um, Timothy from a foundational level. Amen. He was, he was largely responsible for a lot of his, a lot of his training and his, and his teaching. And so because of that, no doubt, and, and no wonder that Timothy had a very special place in the heart and in the life of um, of the apostle Paul. Nevertheless, um, like um, like all parents, even though this was a a spiritual uh, parenthood uh, or parenting, still, nevertheless, like with all parents, at least good parents, it is a concern how the children will carry on and if they will be able to carry on when your time as a parent has expired. All good parents wonder, um, desire for their offspring to be able to persevere, prosper, and continue on when the day comes that the parent is no longer here. And Paul, again, is winding down in his life and in his spiritual walk and career because it won't be long before Paul is, is executed. Timothy has, um, had the, has, had, um, has been able to witness and behold many of the travesties and the horrors that the children of God were going through at this time. And now if you if you use your spiritual imagination and just kind of go with me on this trip, and I want you to try to envision things from young Timothy's um, perspective, Tim, here's Paul, who is his mentor um, and his uh, his teacher and God, man, God has used him, um, Paul, to pour into the life of Timothy to help shape his ministry and his walk and to and, and to help give him guidance. And now and, and so so to Timothy, Timothy is very fond of Paul. He's a mentor. He means so very much um, to the um, to to young Timothy. Timothy looks to him and and could look to him for uh, no doubt for advice and for guidance and 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 all of these different things. But but with the state of the world at that time and the hardship that the children of 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 God were enduring, that the church was enduring. It was a hard time, family, to be a Christian, to be a child of God 
during this 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 time during this period it wasn't that easy for to to be a child of uh, be a child of god because because to to be a child of god and to do it the right way to follow god and to be faithful amen brothers and sisters that meant you were going to stand in direct opposition of the roman government amen and at this time, as I told you, the Roman government was not taking too kindly to Christians and they were and they were executing them, murdering all sorts of things left and right. It was a difficult time, difficult time for the children of God, for the household of God um, um, during during this period. And Timothy sees all of this. And now not only has Timothy seen all of this. But, but, but when looking at his very mentor, amen, or it's the, or one of the men of God that was, that was extremely influential, amen, and prominent in his spiritual development, walk development, he's now watching his mentor be incarcerated and rapidly make his way towards execution. Amen. That's heavy. That's hard. It's hard to, to brothers and sisters to, to know and to deal with loved ones when you know that their time is short. That's hard. It's hard for anyone and anyone who's dealt with loss and and some of you who listening to this um or who will listen to this you're going to know um very much or you already know very much the depth of that especially when you have a loved one that means so very much to you and and that's been very instrumental it's taught you so much done so much brought you so far helped you develop and achieve great things but then you come to that period, regardless of the season or what or the reason for the season, but you come to a season, to a period where they're beginning, they're rapidly getting close to their transition. That's hard to watch loved ones get weak and get frail or pass away um, either expectedly or unexpectedly. It's hard, especially when that loved one is meant so very much to you it's difficult it's difficult to watch that it's difficult to watch mentors and loved ones and family that you love so much to watch their health decline knowing that it won't be long it's hard to watch loved ones and 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 those that mean so much to you be caught up in 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 unexplainable or unfortunate so to speak accidents and now they're on their their way out. You don't have as much time as you thought you you had, and 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 now things are getting are, are about the transition. You relied on them so much. You needed them for so many things, but it, it it's coming to to a conclusion. Let me segue here for just a moment, and let me talk to somebody who this is resonating with, who this is. This is this is hitting you. This is you, you. You're thinking about this, and I wanted I want to say a couple things. This, these things are not necessarily conventional, but I'm just giving this to you, to 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 you real. 
Say what you need. This is while you have time. Don't waste your time arguing and, and fighting and bickering and holding on to past grievances and grudges and all of this nonsense stuff that, that, that we as children of God have no business holding on to anyway. Not everything is perfect. And not everything in every relationship, even the good ones, is perfect. And sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes people get wounded. Sometimes it happens. It happens. And it's easy to take your ball and 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 go about your way, go on about your 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 business and to write people off and to leave them and to and to walk away. But I want to tell you something, and I hope that you hear it. Don't waste your time holding grudges and being and stubborn, or even if that's not your case, don't waste your time not calling and checking in like you should. Listen, sons and daughters, check in on your parents, check in on your loved ones. Check in on your cousins and your uncles and your aunts and all of these different things. And, and, if, you, and if you don't have any of that biological, check on the ones that, that have stood in that place, who have, who have represented all intents and purposes, and they've been the uncle, the aunt, the, the grandmother, the grandfather, the mom, and the dad. They, they stepped in and filled those shoes. Listen, don't let, and again, th it doesn't have to be a situation where 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 things are just terrible and so you stop talking no sometimes we just get busy in life and we don't stop to spend time with our loved ones and i'm trying to tell you stop and start paying attention to the time that is passing because when time is spent you don't get that back you won't have forever to tell someone, I love you, I appreciate you, thank you. You don't have forever. Stop waiting to the end for whatever the reason is, whether it's a good reason or a bad reason, stop. And if it's, and listen, and if, it, and if it's bitterness and anger, maybe it's something like that. Maybe that's the reason why you don't, you don't go and you don't talk and you don't you don't keep in contact maybe those things let me explain something to you for those of you who are holding on to to grudges the lord made it very plain very plain that if you do not forgive our heavenly father is not going to forgive it is very simple there are many of you who have gone through the process and you have been saved in the name of Jesus Christ, you've obeyed the gospel as, and you've, and, and you have carried out that the, the, the requirements as, as listed in the book of Acts chapter two, verse 36, keep reading. You'll read all of, all about that, what you need to do in order to be, be saved. You got the, you've been, listen, you've been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You weren't baptized in his titles. You were not baptized that way. You were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you've received the gift of, of, of the, the gift of God. You've received the gift of the Holy ghost. Um, you were able to speak in tongues as the spirit of God gives utterance and all of these things, but you need to understand something. There is no such thing as once 
saved, always saved. Your salvation can be forfeited and canceled if you start walking contrary. That has nothing to do with God's ability to keep you. No. But it has everything to do with the divine standards that God holds himself to. God is not going to bless mess and he's not going to give you heaven for a life of living <laughs> that is saturated with hell behavior. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You will never be able to live like hell and still get to heaven. It ain't going to work that way. No, I know. I, I'm sorry. It's not going to work that way. You know who ain't going to be in heaven? You. I know you because you you thought you you have a wait a minute. But but, you know, uh, but I wouldn't serve a God who 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 isn't able to keep me. Amen. And you don't serve a God who's not able to keep you. God is able to do it, but he chooses not to do it if you're going to live in rebellion and in rejection. It's not about whether or not God can do it. Yes, God is able to keep you. But he has chosen to keep only those that are going to what abide in him. And if you decide that you're not going to abide in him by way of a life of disobedience or whatever, guess who ain't going to be kept? You. I'm sorry. I know that's not popular. I know that that's not popular. But brothers and sisters, you got to get out this candy land and Mickey Mouse stuff, this trash religion stuff that you got going on. And you need to you need to wise up. Why? Because, the, listen, the day is getting darker. The Lord's getting closer. And, and you know what? And you are on your way to hell. Now, I'm sorry, but I'm the one to tell you, you need to smarten up because some of you are holding on to things like grudges and, and, and unforgiveness. And you're thinking that, oh, you know what? I'm going to get it all. No, I'm, listen, I'm going to get it all right some at some point or whatever, but I'm going to withhold this. I'm not going to do that. I'm still going to heaven. No, you are not. No, you are not. Many of you, you, you well have the power to forgive. You just have a hard heart and a stiff neck and you choose not to forgive because you're going to stick it to that person as, as good as you can. Why? Because you feel like they deserve it and maybe they do. But let me explain something to you. Long as you listen, you listen, when you were saved. Amen. According to the scripture. You got a ticket to heaven and it's in your possession. But as soon as you started holding on to that bitterness and walking in that in, in, in that unforgiveness, you know what happened? You voiding out your ticket. Unforgiveness will void your ticket to heaven. So it behooves you and it behooves me that if I'm holding anything against anybody for any reason, I need to let God help me get that out, you know, to pour that on the altar, to get to to get to let it go. Because you can't make it that way. Stop wasting time. building a scenario for regret. Many of us don't have to deal with some of the regret that we're going to deal with if we would just soften our heart and obey 
God's word. Let him be the strength that we need in order to forgive. Let him be the strength that we need in order to love in spite of. Let him be the strength. Let him show you what he can do. You feel like you can't never love again. Well, guess what? God is love. So let him have his way and his work in you and let him show you what he can do. You feel like, man, I can never forgive them. I can never do this. Well, guess what? You need a conversation and maybe several of them with God Almighty and let him explain to you how much he has forgiven you. And then maybe once you realize just how much you are forgiven, you'll start to find your way to the place where you can forgive others. Because you yourself have been forgiven much. But it's easy to lose sight of that. And in the course of all of this, the casualty is, is, is that we don't say the things that we need to say. Don't let time run out, brothers and sisters. I know it's a little bit of a departure, but it need to be said. We go on with what God say. Don't let time run out. Not saying the things that you need to say. Say your I love you's. Don't just say it with words, but say it with action. Live in the state of I love you going the extra mile and caring for one another, being your brother and your sister's keeper. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility. Going the extra mile, not flying off the handle when they do you wrong. Listen, be, listen, be slow to anger, but be quick to have mercy because you receive mercy. I receive mercy. In fact, it's by the mercies of God that we are not consumed. So we're we're even we're here right now because of God's mercy. Yes, some people do some things and they they got it coming to them. But vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, he will repay them that got it coming to him. Let God give it to him. Not you. Let God. Well, then, Brother Walker, what should I do? Give him forgiveness. So that you can move on. So that your ticket to heaven don't get voided out. Because there's a whole lot of people with voided tickets. They're holding tickets and they, ain't, and they ain't checked them in a long while. Don't realize that now it's, it's, it's void. It, it shows void. Why? Because of unforgiveness and bitterness and all that kind of stuff. You can't walk in sin and still and just get heaven. Heaven and hell don't hold hands, family. So you need to stop trying to make them do, make them hold hands. It, it ain't going to work. It is not going to work. It ain't work for nobody else. And it certainly will not be working for you. Love one another. Children, love one another. Be good. Husbands, be patient with your wives. Wives, be patient with your husbands. Listen. To one another. Stop flying off the handle. You listen, ma'am, sir, you don't know it all. Stop thinking for everybody. Decide that you're going to love with everything that you that you have in you. To the glory of God, do it for God. And watch what it does for you. Timothy watching his protege or watching his mentor 
enter the last stages because he's in incarceration and he knows. He knows. It's not a good, it's not looking good because many of people, because Nero, that dude, he's, exec he's executing people left and right. So as though Paul being in incarceration, this, this go around, it is not, it's not good. Nevertheless, it was important to Paul, as with parents, good parents, to make sure that the offspring, the next generation, is able to continue on. And so Paul did a lot through these letters to encourage and to train young Timothy, amen, to help him be able to see past the things. In fact, one case he tells him, listen, the things that have happened to me, they, they've fallen out rather to the furtherance of the gospel. He goes on to explain to, to Timothy that, that, listen, I know this stuff might look bad. I know it seems hard, and I know that it's discouraging, and these things can kind of make you want to run, but these things here, God, God had a purpose with all of this. God had a purpose. The same as with Joseph when he was, when he was put in, in that pit and sold off. Into bondage by his brothers. At the time, it was hard to see, but God had a purpose for all of that. God was positioning Joseph to be a blessing to more than just himself. And God's got a purpose and a plan. Just because God doesn't always break break bread as, as far as divulging the knowledge or the details of the plan to you doesn't mean you don't have a plan. God is never without a plan, never without a purpose. He's God. He's got it. He's got you. And it's going to be all right. Even if you never know all the details, it's still going to be all right. You're going to make it. I know the devil's told you something different, but he's not in charge. So who cares what he has to say? He's a liar and the father of lies. So no one cares about what he has to say, but we do care about what the Lord says. And the word tells us that in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're going to make it. If you will obey the Lord, if you will walk upright, if you will put your sin behind you, if you will let that stuff go and walk in that newness of life, walk in the spirit, you're, listen, God will keep you. See, because as long as you're making it, that shows that you want to be kept. And so God going to use his power to make sure you are kept. Amen. But he's not going to force you to go to heaven. So you can change your mind and decide you don't want it no more. But what sense does that make? We serve a good God. Who wouldn't want to serve him? It's a privilege and an honor to be able to serve the Lord. So Timothy is finding himself encouraged yet again by Paul. Even though Paul's in a bad situation, and he's letting him know, listen, he said, you know, these things happen for the furtherance. In other words, it was for the benefit of the gospel. The fact that I'm incarcerated and all these different things, it was for, it was, it was, it, 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 it he, he literally went on to tell Timothy that guess what? Because of my incarceration, I now have access to people to share the gospel with people that I normally would have never had the access to. 
Amen. Amen. There was a purpose. And in order to strengthen Timothy, to help him to keep from looking at the glass half empty, he had to show him how that glass was half full. Nah, this stuff had a purpose, man. God was working it out. And I want to tell you right now, some of you are in some tough situations. Some of you are in the fight of your life. Guess what? God is working. If you obey in that scripture, you walk on right. God is working. And it's just a matter of time before it works all the way on out. But you stay in there. You stay with it. Don't, don't let it go. God is good. So he tells Timothy, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, we are used to the phrasing, be strong in the Lord. And when people use the word, be strong in the Lord, and it's not meant to be an exhaustive um, um, definition of it, but it is just kind of a, a bird's eye, uh, you know, fly by uh, glance at it. But when people use the phrasing, um, be strong, you know, be strong in the Lord, they're, they're usually talking about you you walk in, in you walking in courage um um and as you as you work to accomplish different tasks and different different things that that need to be that that need to be done to to be strong in to be strong in the lord amen be strong in the lord it really means to be shored up and to be and to be confident amen amen that 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 the Lord is, is, is with you and that what you're doing in the name of the Lord is going, going to work, that God is behind it. Be strong in the Lord, be, be strong in his power and in his might. Amen. Not in your own strength, but be strong in, 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 in the Lord walk in his strength. In other words, walk with faith knowing that God is going to accomplish, God is going to bring about, God is going to, and those are generally types of the types of things that we, that come to mind, at least if you were to look at the phrasing, be strong in the Lord and what that means. And I'm sure, and I challenge you to, to think of some other ones on your own um, of, of what that phrasing, be strong in the Lord. What does it mean, mean to you? Some, some good stuff. Amen. Um, but, but when we talk about being strong in grace, that's a little bit different because being strong in the Lord is one thing, but being strong in grace is something different. Now, I told you that strong here, amen, represented or the word strong in our text means to be rendered or uh, more capable or to become more able for the purpose of a task. So in other words, it's not be strong for the sake of being strong. So you're not strong for strength's sake, no, but you're strong or becoming more capable, becoming more able for the purpose of accomplishing a task. Now, what then is the task? Well, the task is the next part that Paul lays out. Be strong. And then he gives us the task in the grace. So of the of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. So we know now that it's not just be strong. Amen. But it's be strong in grace. Now, in, in order for this to make sense, we then had to discuss, and we talked a little about last week, what grace is. Now, grace has many different definitions. Um, I gave you some last week. You can go back and look on those. But by and large, some common definitions are God's riches at Christ's expense or or um, or even the unerited, the uner the unmerited, unearned favor of God towards mankind. And there are many, many other 
definitions for for grace. Again, I challenge you um, and I invite you to try to think of some of them or research some of those things. Amen. For different definitions for grace. But by and large, grace really has to do with God's God's goodwill. Um, God's self-initiated, really, goodwill towards mankind, his goodness that he shows and levies toward mankind, and, and that encompasses all of the benefits, all the benefits that he levies or gives to us as a result of his goodness. You're talking about grace. Amen. In fact, grace in our text here means outworking. Amen. Amen. It means outworking. It's the outworking of God's will. So in other words, it's the things that are done as a result of God's goodwill. Okay. God is good. And because God loves you, he has done this and that for you. That's grace. Amen. That is grace. What he did out of his own goodwill is grace. This is why, and if you think of it that way, this is why you can understand when the scripture tells us by grace, are you saved through faith? Amen. Not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. By grace, it was God's good will. Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. In other words, you weren't asking God to save you. You weren't asking him to, to deliver you. No, God took it upon himself. He initiated his own good will towards you. It motivated him to go to Calvary and pay for crimes that he did not commit. Amen. That's grace. Amen. So our very salvation is by grace. But grace is a is is an umbrella if you will. And underneath the umbrella of grace comes many manifold blessings from the Lord. Amen. Under the umbrella of grace, we receive so many different things. And one of the things that we receive is freedom. Amen. When we have, listen, he whom the son shall set free, scripture teaches us, is free indeed. So part of what we get as, uh, uh, as part of the package of being a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is, is that we get freedom. Amen. What type of freedom? We get freedom to get back up and to keep trying or to keep going to keep pursuing the Lord. Once upon a time, everybody was all under the great, is all under the law. And, and, and the tenants of the law said that, guess what? The wages of sin is death. Amen. And the way the law worked, it did not matter how many sins you committed. It only took one in order for you to warrant the death penalty. Amen. And even though you would get you could get back up and start doing better and doing all the kind of stuff, guess what? It was one and done. The law just needed to be broken one time. And it didn't matter how many or how much of a of a life of that you have lived of discipline and going in the right direction after you messed up the, the, listen, the penalty of the law was activated after just one infraction, one infraction. All I had to do was break it once. Take the 10 commandments. Amen. Look at them as if they are as if as, as like links on a chain. Imagine you're hanging off of a cliff or hanging off of a building or something very tall. And you're suspended by a, a chain that has 10 links. 
Amen. And each link represents one of the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God. Well, if you're hanging for dear life over a chasm or over a pit and you are suspended by a chain that has ten links, does it matter which link breaks? No. Any one of them can break. All it requires is one, and guess what? You fall. You'll start your descent. Well, that's the way the law worked. That's the way the law worked until grace. So when the Lord comes in and rescues us from all of that, he pays the penalty of sin. Amen. Now, guess what? I told you we receive under the umbrella of grace many manifold blessings. And one of the blessings, one of the things that you receive was freedom. And I told you what kind of freedom. It's the freedom to get back up. Amen. Now, when you drop the ball, you're trying to live right. You're trying to live holy. But when you drop the ball or whatever and, and you make that mistake, now guess what? Well, instead of it being one and done like it used to be, because Jesus paid it all, now the avenue or the vehicle of repentance has been activated and has been fueled up. Amen. It's been empowered. And so now when I drop the ball, now when I fall short, guess what? It's not one and done because now I have been given under the umbrella of grace. I have been given the gift and the privilege that is repentance. Amen. And so now I can repent. I can turn my mind. I can turn my heart and I can change my actions. And I can start, I can get back up again. And keep moving forward without fear. Here's the, here's the freedom part. Of having lost my salvation and lost it all. I don't have to do, no. It's no longer one and done. See, what constitutes all, all, all the only thing that has to happen now is that you just got to abide in the Lord. Remember what he said? He said, abide in me, and then I will abide in you. Now, notice the prerequisite. In order for the Lord to abide in you, you got to first abide in him. So you abiding in him is a requirement. How do we abide in the Lord? We abide in the Lord by way of what? Obedience. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. So we have all of these things. We have this blessing and this benefit. So now when we take a look at this, be strong in grace, because with grace comes these freedom. Now, guess what? Because I have the ability or I have the privilege of when I drop, I can get back up again. Now that means that I also have what? Some responsibility. Because grace is not meant to be used as a license to sin, family. Amen. 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 Romans 6, 1 through 4 says this, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse number two, God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead 
by the glory of the Father, even so we shall, we also should walk in the newness of life. Did you hear all that? Listen, you say, do we, because what? Do we continue in sin because we've been saved by grace? No, grace is not a license to sin. It's not a, it's not a permit to go and, and to sin and to can do what's wrong. It's not a get out of jail free card. Amen. Amen. That is not what it is. And so with grace came what? Responsibility. Why? Because depending on how you exercise your freedoms that you gain through grace, if you misuse the freedoms that we have been given in the Lord, you can become a stumbling block to your brother or your sister. And this must be avoided at all costs. This is why Paul would go on to say, if the meat that I eat offends my brother, then I don't eat that meat. I self-choose not to eat it. Can I eat it? Yes. Do I have the right to eat it? Yes. Am I sinning by eating it? No. But it's wounding, but the exercise, but if the exercising of a freedom that you have received as a result or as part of the package that is grace is going to cause your brother or your sister to stumble, then it is your responsibility to exercise extreme wisdom and caution and err on the side of not being offensive or stumbling to your brother or sister. Don't put their faith and their walk in jeopardy. Because you want to exercise a particular freedom. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of freedom in the Lord. But there comes with it responsibility and you must not recklessly use the freedom that God has given you. Because with, when you don't listen, when you don't pay attention, when I don't pay attention to what I'm doing, even though I have a right to do it. People get hurt. And these are things that must be avoided. So when he says be strong in the grace, what he's talking about really is, is becoming more capable, becoming more able, becoming more skillful, more competent in the exercising of the grace or the freedoms that you have in Christ Jesus. That's really what he's talking about here. That's really what that is. That's really what that is. Now, if we take that, and so that that's that 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 that's that's verse number one. That ties a bow on that. We look at verse number two, and the things that thou hast heard of me, because he continues the narrative. He says, "Now, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also." Amen. Amen. So he tells him. Not, not just to be wise and disciplined and more capable, more competent in the, in, in the exercising of the room or the grace, the freedom that comes 
as part of the package of grace, being more wise and skillful and competent and capable in the exercising of said freedoms. But then he gives Paul, he, Paul gives Timothy rather, some more instruction. And he says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. So now what he's talking about is he said, now I'll be, I'm, I'm, he's changing the attention. Okay. Because now he's giving him in further instruction about what to do with what he's received as it concerns his fellow brothers and sisters. Because see, this walk is not about you. Timothy was in a situation or in a position of influence. And with his position, with his office, he had the ability to influence many believers. So it matters how Timothy conducted himself and would carry himself. Hence, it starts to make more sense. When you read verse number one, thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be skillful in these privileges, in, in, these, in these gifts, in, this, in, in these things that have come as part of grace. Be strong, be wise, be more capable in the exercising of these things. Not only that, but the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. So when he uses the phrase, he talks about the things that you have heard of me. Amen. Among many witnesses, if you will. He's telling Timothy, the things that you heard me teach, the things that you, hear, you, 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 you heard me give you a lesson on, the same things that have been confirmed, this is what he means when he says, you heard of, of, of me among many witnesses. Not only did you hear what I told you, but you had others who confirmed that it was true, that what I taught you was right, that what I'm telling you is accurate. Amen. Amen. Now, this part is important for somebody right here, especially if, you know, for those of you who are teaching, those of you who are in leadership in these, in these sorts of things. Paul tells him, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Now, he goes on to tell him to commit those things to faithful men, etc. Amen. But, the, but that first part there, the things that you've heard of me among many witnesses. What he's telling Timothy is, is the things that you have heard of me, but not just of me, but of others also, because they confirmed it. See, the power of this statement here of the of and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses is really what is really is really that Paul is highlighting that the things that you're going to commit to others, they are going to be the things, the truths that are established. 
They're not going to be the fly in the, the, in the, the in, by the seat of your pants, the stuff that somebody came up with the top, top, off the top of their head or somebody's ideas and thoughts and, and their own theories. No, 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 no. You're going to you, the, the, the stuff that you're going to commit to somebody else. Is the stuff that is true and verified that's proven, because remember. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing or a matter is what established. That is why Paul tells him the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Because the way God has it set up. The purpose of the witness is to validate the authenticity. Of whatever it is, and in this case, it's the teaching. So in other words. Paul is telling Timothy, the stuff that you're going to communicate is not the stuff that this isolated uh, Joe Schmo is saying. No, this is the stuff that we are all saying. Did not Paul tell us one of his greatest desi desires was that, that we would all say or speak the same thing? I believe it was either it was Paul or Peter that, that, that told us that, that that desire is that we would all speak the same thing. Amen. And that's a big problem in the church today. That's, we, we Everybody's saying something different. Nah, we got to be saying the same thing. Doctrine is the rule set of heaven. And we can't keep coming up with stuff that contradict what God has given. Proverbs said, behold, I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. We can't give people our version. We got to give God's version. And if they mad with it, they got a problem with it. Oh, well, let them take that up with God. But don't let it be said that you're the one who's doing your own thing and giving people you know, what they you, what you think they want to hear. It ain't about what people want to hear. It's about what God told you to say. And so he says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. So the things that are established, the things that are true, the things that are backed up, amen. The things that are confirmed. So what things are, are they not supposed to be given? The things that are not true, the things that are not confirmed, the things that are not backed up, the things that are, that cannot be, that have not been witnessed. Those, no, your thoughts, your theories. Your plan, your ideology, that not authorized. Sorry. Get that out of here, God. No, God don't want that. That's not permissible. He says, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Now watch what he does. He says, the same commit thou to faithful men. Glory to God. Says, commit thou to faithful men. Now the word commit here means to entrust. Amen. And entrust means to assign responsibility for doing something to someone or or it means to put something into someone's care or their protection. That's what it means to entrust. And so he says the same. What's the same what's the same? 
the thing, the truths, the things that have been confirmed, the things that have been proven, the truths that have been backed up. Amen. Not your thoughts, not your theories, not your ideology, not your testimony, not your story, not your background, not your agenda. None of that stuff. But he says the things that you heard of me. Among many witnesses. So in essence, only the things that are true, only the things that are confirmed, only the things that are right, only the things that are established. Those things. He says, entrust, put in the safekeeping, put in the charge, make responsible for. Make who are you gonna make responsible for? Faithful men. And the word faithful here simply means to be responsible. He says, committed or entrusted to people who are responsible. So what glory to glory? Listen, can I tell you something? Can I tell you? something not all brothers and sisters in Christ are responsible so not everybody is equipped or ready for certain tasks you can't put anything everything into into the hands of just anybody These truths, these things had the requirement of being placed or entrusted into the care of those who were responsible. See, when he says commit thou to, 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 to faithful men or to responsible men, these are men that know their duty that understand what's going on. Why is this important? Because he finishes it up. Who shall be able to teach others also? See, they've got to be responsible because they have a responsibility. See, when this word, these truths, these things that Paul was talking about, the word of God, this, these truths, amen. This stuff you're going to put into the hands of faithful people who are then going to take the word out and share it with others. See, the depth of this family is, is that not all children of God are able to handle all aspects of the word of God. They're not yet able to be able to take what you give them and turn around and accurately and responsibly, responsibly give it to someone else. Because for a lot of people, their walk disqualifies them. Notice what he said, faithful men. 
See, some Christians are not helpful in the area of ministry and never will be because they're not faithful. They're not responsible. Do you hear what I'm saying? They're not, they're, they're not, they're not responsible. So you can't hold them accountable because they can't live up to it. They're simply not responsible. If you put something critical in their hands, they'll either misuse it or not understand it and, and let it fall by the way. You've seen people who've been entrusted with great responsibility, who have proven themselves to be inept or unable to handle said responsibility. You've seen people when who make great blunders and make big messes. When you put critical things in the hands of people who are not responsible, man, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. He says, Timothy, it's, it's important that you grow and that you walk, that you become more capable and skillful in exercising those freedoms, those rights, those privileges. You got to get better at doing that. So that you don't cause no stumbling and no problems for your brothers and sisters. Why? And how do these two hook up? How do, they, how do one and two tie together? Why, do, how, why is that even important? Because Timothy would have the responsibility of taking the word of God that had been entrusted and confirmed and have the responsibility of sharing that word of God. You know what can defuse the word of God or mess up everything? Your lifestyle that is unsubmitted to God Almighty. See, when you live foul or you do things recklessly or you don't or you mishandle, the freedoms that you have so that you are causing offense and stumbling and all these things. Guess what? You will be saying one thing, but your actions will be causing you to live out and do something different. And what you do will always override what you say. So it's important that he, guess what? <laughs> Glory to God. Be strong in grace. Because the task at hand requires you to take the word of God that has been confirmed that you have heard, and now it's time to share it with somebody else. Now it's time to give it to somebody else. Now, guess what? It's time to, it. listen, it's time to start putting the word of God out there. It's time to start communicating and teaching others these same truths that have been taught to you. But brother and sister, take heed. Because you don't want it said that after you have done all of that teaching and all of that sharing the word of God, it was all for naught. Why? Because you misused some of the freedoms that you have and caused a stumbling block. And a person that should have been listening to you, that needed to be listening to you, found themselves unable to do so. Why? Because they couldn't get over the way you were acting. And it wasn't that it, what you did was so wrong, but their faith wasn't mature enough to where it could handle it.
and you weren't disciplined enough to self-curtail your own actions and say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm in the presence of my brothers and sisters here, or what I know that this is a privilege that I have, but I'm not going to take advantage of this privilege here. I'm going to take care of that in private, but I'm going to make sure that I don't do anything that is offense to my brothers and sisters. Family, God is good, isn't he? He is good all the time. And I don't, uh, and I hope you feel the exact same way. Brothers and sisters, that has been lesson two, amen, in being strong in grace. So we've got verse, we did one already and we, and we just, just, we've covered verse two. So we're moving right along. We'll keep going as God give us grace. But until then, uh, I pray that you have a blessed Sunday or blessed day, wherever it is, or whatever day it is that you listen to this. Take these words. Don't, don't just leave them here. Ask God to show you how to use this. The word of God is meant to be used. Employ it in your life, in Jesus' name, and, and, watch, and watch what happens. Watch how things change when you start walking in obedience to the word of God. Family, we'll go ahead and stop the recording here. <laughs>